0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. I know. He spoke plainly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels, the gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord all right. So, question: Have you ever, like, I don't know, been hanging out with your friends and fell down or something happened and you got and you got hurt, but you didn't want anyone to know that you got hurt, so you tried to pretend like you were all like cool and strong and everything was okay? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Has anybody ever never happened to you? Amazing. Um, how about, Has anybody ever said something to you that you just didn't want them, you didn't want to let them know that it got under your skin and you felt like, I really need to be able to hold on to this and take it, right? This is, this is what Jesus is talking about today. When Jesus talks about this cross, the cross that he's asking us to carry is a reminder that no matter what happens, you're good. And if you get your feelings hurt, Or if someone hurts you or there's something about you that you need to work on, it's cool. It's all right. Don't hide it. Don't pretend like it's not there. Don't think you need to be bigger than it because this cross is a reminder that there's no place that God won't go to meet you and take care of you. Can you remember that for me? Can you remember that? All right. Can you remember that? Cool. All right. Thank you very much. And now, God, open my mouth so that I can speak, open our ears so that we can hear and open our hearts so that we can change by your power and through your grace. Amen. Please be seated. My mental picture of Peter pulling Jesus aside that day in front of the crowd is a little like that of a campaign manager who hears that his candidate has just gone off message. I picture Peter sliding up beside Jesus all smooth and saying gently, excuse me, Jesus, but could I have you for a second? Then once he gets him out of earshot, the tone immediately changes and Peter is all, all right, so let me get this straight. We've been waiting for you for like, forever, and now you're here, and we're ready for you to take over and show everyone who's really in charge, and you're saying that you're going to suffer, and that they're going to kill you, and that you know that, and not only do you know that, but that it's supposed to happen that way. Jesus, I'm sorry, but you're out of your mind. That is not going to play. That is not at all the way we've planned it. You've got it all wrong. For Peter, this is not on message. It's not going to change lives. It's not going to get people to follow. He wants a message of power. He wants a message of might. He wants a message of triumph. Can you blame him? The Jews have been persecuted over and over again. They've been dominated and pushed around in one way or another more times than anyone can count. The Messiah is supposed to save them from being broken anymore. What is he, or anyone for that matter, supposed to do with a Messiah that is to be broken too? As far as Peter's concerned, You can't do anything with something that's broken. Broken things don't win. I don't think that's a perspective unique to Peter. We don't like broken things either. I wonder what it is about brokenness that we find so unsettling. I think it has something to do with the fact that for many of us broken means useless or at the very least, weak. And in our culture, that seems to often value independence over relationship, strength over compassion. It's no wonder that we spend so much time trying to avoid and hide what's broken. How often do we try to hide our bruises, both physical and otherwise? We try to cover up our wounds so no one can see our pain. We hide our broken relationships so we're not judged by others and deemed failures. We scroll through, unfriend, change the channel, roll up the window so we can avoid what's broken in the world we live in. And We do it over and over again until it becomes habit, until we become numb or until it comes back and smacks us right in the face. Some of this must have been on Jesus' mind when he looked back at his disciples. When Peter calls him out, he takes a moment and looks back at the faces of those closest to him and realizes that they're all very likely thinking the same thing, and he knows it's time to take a stand. He turns back to Peter and calls him out for thinking more about his own desire for triumph than about God's desire to meet God's people where they are. So he addresses the crowd, calling on any who truly want to do so to deny themselves and take up their crosses and follow him. That reference to the cross, that symbol of Roman torture would not have been lost on them. The image may have been troubling for them and it may still be for us today because it seems to beg the question of whether Jesus actually wants us to suffer. But when held in tension with the preceding call to deny oneself, a different picture begins to emerge. Now we've been talking a lot about self-denial in these last couple of weeks as we've transitioned into Lent. Part of why Christians give things up during Lent is so that we can remove, at least temporarily, some of the things that distract us from ourselves, from our experience of the path Jesus took to his own cross, and from our relationship with God. I think, though, that what Jesus is talking about here is bigger than denial of food or technology or material things. I believe what he's talking about here is giving up our intense self-reliance, giving up the mindset that tells us we can or should be able to do it all on our own and to let go of the idea that if nobody sees our brokenness, then it isn't really there. Instead, he invites us to walk with him, to share the journey with him, to reveal our brokenness and embrace it. Not so that we'll walk around and be miserable all the time or be embarrassed and judged, but that by revealing ourselves and actually seeing that others are broken too, We might find more common ground than we typically think is there and that through this journey with Jesus and those around us, we might find ourselves on a true path to healing and wholeness. This is what he means by losing your life to save it. And it's important to remember that Jesus wasn't born into a world where everything was just fine. He was born into a broken world full of hurt and struggle. So when Jesus tells us to pick up our crosses, it's because even if we don't want anyone else to see our broken parts, he does, and he's neither surprised, disappointed, nor afraid of them. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where acknowledging that you'd been hurt felt like admitting defeat or opened you up to being taken advantage of so you avoided it at all costs? A while back, a friend was sharing with me details of a really intense conflict he'd had with another mutual friend. When he finished telling me what was going on, it was obvious that he was in so much pain. And I, I said, wow, I'm, I'm sorry that you're hurting so much. And quick as a flash, he responded, I'm not hurt, I'm angry. I walked away from that conversation reflecting on how it seemed to be way easier and more important for him to pivot from anger and the facade of strength, than to be vulnerable and admit that he was hurting too. And I wonder, what else are we putting on the line with our avoidance of the broken things around us? The Parkland shooting on Ash Wednesday brought us yet another horrific example of what can happen when we're blind to the brokenness of people Around us, 18 times in 45 days, someone has walked into a school and opened fire. There is something going on here, and the issue can neither be resolved by putting more guns in schools, nor can it be reduced down to simply an issue of gun control or mental health. Suicide is the second leading cause of death, for young people ages ten to twenty-four. Ten to twenty-four. In the past month, there have been three teens who died by suicide in Orange County alone. Something is going on here Too, and I think it's time to consider that perhaps trying so hard to convince young people that they're supposed to be brilliant and perfect and popular and the star and handle everything that comes their way on their own is not working. What would happen if we were to stop putting such an emphasis on personal strength and success or the appearance of it and thought, more about seeing people for who they are or letting people see us, wounds, and all? Is it possible that people might stop getting pushed to the brink of unthinkable acts of desperation? That's what Jesus did. And I believe that's what Jesus is calling us to hear. He's asking us to get out from behind the facades we've created and reveal ourselves. He's asking us to acknowledge that we need each other. He's asking us to see and acknowledge what's broken and do something about it. Jesus is perfectly on message here. And the cross that Jesus asks us to pick up is a reminder that there's no place God won't go for us. God is not afraid of our brokenness. God works with our brokenness. Jesus wasn't blind to Peter's brokenness and struggles, and he never gave up on him. Even knowing that Peter would deny him, he won't give up on any of us either. It also helps to remember that God hurts too. God grieves every time we choose isolation over relationship. Every time we choose violence over peace. Every time we choose hate over love, God grieves. God knows what it's like to have a broken heart, a broken body, or a broken spirit. That's why God's not afraid of our brokenness because God has been there. We want there to be simple answers. Strength is good. Brokenness is bad. Strive for strength and self-reliance and avoid and hide anything that is broken. But life is complex and there aren't always easy answers. What we need to do right now is embrace the complexity. We need to heed Jesus' call to take up our crosses because if we spend our lives trying to avoid them, we'll never truly be able to live the full and whole lives that the God who loves us unconditionally desires for us and we risk making the suffering Jesus experienced to save us an exercise in futility. Let me be clear, when I speak of seeing ourselves as broken, I don't mean weak, or useless, or something to be ashamed of. I simply mean seeing ourselves as in need of healing. We may not all be broken to the same extent and in the same way. For some, it may be from the wounds of oppression, or heartbreak, or grief. But we all have things, we all have things that could use some healings. So, as part of my Lenten discipline, I'm giving up the pretense that I'm unbreakable. I stand before you today all too aware of the brokenness in my life. Brokenness that even standing here right now I would much rather avoid because it doesn't fit the profile of what I think I should be. I don't say it for you to feel bad for me or for you to make me feel better about me. I'm okay with it and I'm not ashamed of my broken parts. I say it because it's the only way I can be with you. It's important that you see it because to see me is Anything else wouldn't be real and it would separate us from each other. I say it because if you can see it and accept it in me, it might just be a little bit easier to see it and accept it in someone else. Maybe even yourself. I say it because our lives depend on it. So come to the table today, bring your broken parts with you, and be renewed. Feast on the banquet that Jesus has prepared for us, knowing full well that God doesn't need us to be anything other than exactly who we are today. And let's let the healing begin in ourselves in each other, and in a world that so desperately needs it.